Welcome to the Happiness Podcast. I'm Dr. Robert Puff. How do we find happiness when things don't go the way we want, the way we expected, or the way we think we need them to go? Can we find happiness when at the time may seem incredibly painful and disruptive and just overall blah? How do we find happiness? Can we? Because of what I do as a clinical psychologist, I hear a lot of stories. And almost always the stories of suffering are based upon things didn't go the way the person expected. Something happened that they didn't want to have happen. And now they're suffering. Now they're stuck. We all probably can think of something like that. In our lives, things don't always go the way we want them to, the way we expect them to. And because of that, we suffer. We suffer because of our expectations. When we expect something to go a certain way and it doesn't, and we have a lot of emotional investment in that thing to go that way, we're going to suffer. The easiest example of that is a health problem. Right now, I have three friends that are struggling with cancer, life-threatening stage four cancer. They're all three fighting it, and so far, they're all three winning. But it wasn't what they expected. They're in their 50s, all three of them, and they didn't expect to have to deal with this at such a young age. And yet that is what they're presented with. It wasn't what they expected. And so there is a potential there for suffering. The other thing that's happening right now at the time of this recording is we just finished our 2016 presidential election. And a lot of people that I work with didn't expect it to turn out the way that it did. I actually don't think anyone did, but it did turn out a certain way. And because of certain people's expectations, they are suffering. Some of them are suffering a great deal. So what do we do? What do we do when we're faced with things not going the way we expect them to? How can we find happiness even in these very difficult situations? How do we do it? The first thing we want to do is not to deny our feelings. Our feelings are our feelings. We sure don't want to say, I shouldn't feel this way. We're feeling a certain way. If we're diagnosed with cancer like my three friends, and we have kids still to raise and get through college, we're going to feel a certain way. We just are. Denying the feelings isn't helpful. It isn't productive. But I do think it's important to start with looking at our feelings. We also don't want to in any way embellish them, make them worse than they are. We just need to look at them and say, okay, what's going on here? What's happening? Hmm. Then we say, well, what are my responses? What potential responses can I have? What's my visceral response? What's just coming up naturally? And then what can I look at this? How many ways can I look at this and say, okay, why am I suffering because of this? What expectations did I have in place that is causing me to suffer? Because we've And unless we're really aware of our feelings, our thoughts, we can't change them. So the key here is to really look at ourselves, to examine our feelings, our thoughts, and say, okay, why am I feeling this way? Feelings are always preceded by thoughts. Thoughts come first, and then the feelings come. For example, if someone you loved was killed in a car wreck, even though they're dead, until we know about it, we're not going to be sad and upset until we get that phone call or someone comes to our door and says, this person has died and we're aware of what's happened 
we can think about it, then the feelings come. So we have to start with, hmm, why am I feeling this way? What are the thoughts that are preceding it? For example, with my three friends who are in their 50s and still have children in school, their thoughts would be very different than someone who is 90 who was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer and is ready to go home. Someone in their 90s would look at stage 4 cancer very differently. And that perspective changes how they feel. So once we understand what our thoughts are that are causing these feelings, then we can say, okay, well, how did I get here? What got me here? What conditioning? What choices? What experiences got me here? And this isn't meant to judge. It's never good to judge ourselves because then we just stay stuck. What it's meant to is help us to learn. As humans, we're here to learn. So we can say, hmm, how did I get here? What choices did I make to get me here? Maybe I've been smoking for 10 years and that caused me to get lung cancer. Maybe I didn't eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. I mean, there could be a lot of explanations or maybe none. But what we can do is once we find some and say, okay, I think this may have been what caused this to happen. Then we can say, okay, going forward, not going back because we can't do anything about the past. We don't have a machine to go back and change things. We can learn from things. We can say, what can I learn from this? But we can't change the past. So it's silly. It's worthless of our time to try to change something that's already happened. But what we can do is say, now, what do I do going forward? What lessons can I learn going forward? That given what's happened in the past, what can I do to make things go forward better? What can I learn? Sometimes there's nothing to learn. I mean, if someone robs you or breaks into your home or causes some physical or emotional damage to you and it came out of nowhere and you had nothing you could do to protect yourself, then of course there's nothing you can do. But these things thankfully don't happen very often. Mostly there's some precursor, certain things we may have done or could do to improve life a little bit better. But I think we need to be very careful of judging ourselves That's not going to be helpful. Learning is wonderful. Judging is not good. It doesn't help us grow. There's lots we can learn in life. We're here to learn. But judging ourselves, having a critical self-talk is not very helpful. It's better to say, again, what can I learn from this? We can say this a million times, but calling ourselves stupid or idiots or things like that, that keeps us stuck because our thoughts are powerful whatever we think, really will manifest. So manifesting, what can I learn from this, is a good thing. Manifesting that we're stupid or that we're idiots is not a good thing. Okay, I think we got a good idea where we've gone so far. First, we look at what we're thinking, what we're feeling. We learn from it from the past, if there's something to learn. And then we ask ourselves next, hmm, what can I do about this? What can I proactively today do about this? Using my three friends as an example, they all three chose to do chemotherapy and radiation, and it's helped them and they've gotten better for now. Or with voting, let's say again, the candidate we wanted to win didn't win. Can we do protests? Can we write letters? Can we talk to people? There's always things we can do. So are we doing them? So that's the next thing we do. But we're here to learn about happiness. And these are all great things to feel our feelings, to think about our thoughts, and be proactive. This is all really good psychological things that we can do. Things that I learned when I got my PhD in clinical psychology. 
But we're here to go beyond that, to learn deeper things, to get our PhD in happiness. And that is what we're going to talk about now. How do we go beyond when we're struggling, when we're suffering, when things really don't go the way we expect? How do we find happiness then? The first thing we do is we say, okay, if there isn't anything I can do right now, I mean, nothing I can do, there's nothing proactive I can do, there's no way I can observe my thoughts, there's nothing I need to feel, then what we can do is just live. Live life well. Really just enjoy life and say, okay, right now the cancer that I had or have isn't in my face. It isn't in any way affecting me. I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm going to go out for dinner with my partner. I'm going to play with my kids. I'm going to enjoy life because right now it doesn't even exist. All that exists is the here and now. And right now, right here is just life. And again, if there's nothing I can do about what I'm struggling with, then I just need to live. That's the key. Living in the present moment. And when our thoughts float back to what we're struggling with, we need to say again, okay, I can spend time thinking about this and suffer, or I can live because there's nothing I can do about it right now. And let's choose to live life, live life well. Then we can have beautiful lives and be happy. But the other thing we can do is truly, and this is the hardest one probably to do, is truly examine our expectations and say, hmm, how are my expectations causing me to suffer? Remember my example of the woman that was 90 that has cancer versus my three friends that are in their 50s that have cancer? It's all about expectations. When we expect something to go a certain way and it doesn't, we're going to suffer. If we don't want to suffer, if we truly want to be happy, we need to let go of all expectations. It doesn't mean we don't do things. It doesn't mean we don't proactively get out there to be healthy, to enjoy life, to vote for our candidate. But if we want to be happy, we need to realize that what we expect to have happen and what happened aren't always the same. And when they aren't, we just roll with it. We live life well, realizing, oh, I'm 50, I may be dying, and that can be okay. I mean, if I am an eternal being, it has to be okay. Or if my candidate didn't win, then what will this look like? What will the next four years look like? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it will be better. Maybe people will grow and change. Who knows? We just don't know. So that's where it's best to say, hmm, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'm going to do my part, but I'm not going to expect anything to have to go a certain way. I would prefer it to go a certain way, but it doesn't have to, because anytime I hang on to anything too tightly, that sets me up for suffering, because life just doesn't go always the way we expect. When I work with people, after they hit their teens, or probably even sooner, we begin to learn that life doesn't go the way we expect, and we suffer if we fight that. If we flow with that, if we say, okay, it wasn't what I preferred, but I'm going to make that work. Then we do well. I mean, we all know the example of Stephen Hawkins, who was diagnosed with ALS, and yet he kept going. He lived his life and continues to. 
live his life and has made a large impact on the theoretical physics world. There are countless examples like this. Mind you, there are countless examples of people that go through tragedy and their lives are over. They throw on the towel, they give up, they turn towards addictions, and they're done. But we are listening to this podcast, not to join that crowd, but to join the crowd that's really going to live life well. And whatever life throws at them, they're going to do well. We're going to do well. Because we're going to learn to, as at every time in this podcast, accept what is and love what is. I want to end with a story I heard once from a friend of mine. He's a pastor and he works at a church. And he told me the story of this woman. She was in her 30s. She had two young children and a husband. And she was diagnosed with cancer. And everyone at this church was really praying for her, wanting her to get healed, get well, because it was so tragic that she was dying at such a young age. And he was there just before she died and when she passed. And he told me that as she was dying, just before she died, she whispered to him in confidence. She said, I know this may sound strange, but I'm really glad this happened. I've learned to accept this, and I'm actually excited for my next adventure. I'm not sure that if life gets much harder than this, And yet she learned to make life work for her. She learned that even in tragedy, there can be beauty. And tragedy is actually in the mind. It's only tragic when we create a story about it. It's all about what our mind does. When we realize that, then we question our mind and say, Okay, mind, how are you causing me to suffer? If I'm expecting to outlive my kids, if I'm expecting to make it to my 80s or 90s, That's setting myself up for suffering. If I'm expecting to keep the same job, if I'm expecting to stay in the same marriage, that's setting me up for suffering. Whatever those expectations are, we'll suffer from those attachments. When things have to go a certain way, they may not, and so we suffer. We're here listening to this podcast to find deep happiness no matter what. The way we do that is, yes, we feel our feelings. Yes, we learn from them. Yes, we understand our thoughts. Yes, we work towards not being with them and living in the present moment. But ultimately, we challenge them and we say, hmm, I am going to not hang on so tightly to this expectation, to things that have to go this way. I'm going to live my life well, no matter what, and have a beautiful life, no matter what. Thank you for joining me on the Happiness Podcast. If you are finding these podcasts helpful, I really would love a review from you. Just go to the happinesspodcast.org. That's happinesspodcast.org. You'll see a testimonial button there. Just press it. And you have to follow through, just click on it a few times, answer a few questions, and it will lead you to some sites where you can leave reviews. Until next time, accept what is, love what is.
While some of us may believe that there is nothing about ourselves that needs changing, once we face the reality that improvements can always be made, we furthermore accept the fact that we must alter the way we think and function in order to better ourselves. Dr. Robert Puff is here to help individuals around the world come to this realization through his compelling podcast, interactive workshops, and group meetings. Companies around the world are struggling. Employees don't want to put in the effort to work and just don't have the motivation to get through a workday. These companies are losing precious time and valuable profit. Without dedicated employees, how is anything supposed to get done? On the other hand, not all companies are like this. Some are already amazing and are practically seamless, but they also have the enlightenment to realize that they can always improve and never want to stop getting better at what they do. Likewise, if your company is anything like either of these two types of companies, there is always a way to refine employee behavior and work ethic, while in the meantime, promoting happiness and mental health. Along with the help of Dr. Robert Puff's three-hour workshops, your company can become a thriving work environment with smiles that are laid upon each and every glimmering face of the workforce. In these face-to-face meetings, Dr. Robert Puff will help transform the negative energy in your workplace into a building that gets things done. Break free from the bonds of antagonism and allow your workplace to feel the sweet feeling of liberation by visiting www.successbeyondyourimagination.com to embark on a journey of employee eagerness today. With Dr. Robert Puff, there's nothing to expect but positive vibes.